0: Welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Krista. And we're your hosts, guides, and friends on this path. Almost 30 is not about your age. It's about the feeling. All of us are almost something, seeking community and resources to
1: support the rumblings of transformation within us. Our conversations are deep dives, shepherded by our insatiable curiosity and desire for connection, enduring inspiration, and a sense of levity that we can all benefit from. We're looking to find the magic in the human experience. Buckle up, baby. Your evolution is waiting. Hello, hello. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to Almost 30. Hi, everybody. It's Lindsay and Krista. We here. We still at it. And we in black. (laughs) We back. We in black. We in black. It's. I mean, that's the winter vibe. It's the winter vibe. It's the New York vibe. It was Mm -hmm. the London vibe. Mm -hmm. It's it's sleek. It's fashionable. It's us. I know. And
0: honestly, in L.A., people don't really wear black a lot, I think. Maybe in the city parts, but in the west side, people are always like neutrals. Totally. Sand. Boho. Boho. Mm -hmm. My dad said that recently, like, he was like I'm so glad you're out of your gypsy phase.
1: <laughs> I, I
0: literally my whole perspective on my life changed. I was like, "Whoa, my dad had an opinion of me that was like negative. You know, he had like a judgment about me that I never knew about." Totally. And to think
1: that like your parents could have opinions of you that aren't favorable is was mind-blowing to me. Oh, yeah. I feel like my parents my, my sister went through like a punky phase, but it's like saying like Oh, yeah. Remember when you were in that like grungy, punky phase? And they probably thought it was like the coolest era of their life. I was like, I think my gypsy phase was
0: going to Coachella one year. Yeah. Honestly, I had like a fringe jacket. I had a fringe dress on probably. (laughs) Exactly. Like fringe. Like who knows? But I was like, this is so fast. I just was like fascinated by that. I love because I had no idea what he was talking about. And I was just like, whoa! you had a period in time where
1: you're like, I'm worried about my gypsy daughter. (laughs) Like maybe I was traveling a lot. I don't even really know. I think about a lot of things that like I did either fashion wise or like with makeup or whatever. And like my parents rarely said anything, but the worry they must have had. And I'm thinking about myself. I'm like, what am I going to be worried about? You know what I mean? I see kids in my neighborhood. It's like a very like family oriented neighborhood. But these teenagers walking around with their venti iced coffees. Oh, my God. And their big ass sweatpants and their crop tops. Uh They're vapes. And I'm like, I would be so fucking worried. (laughs) I know. When I was in London, there was, everyone wears baggy jeans in London. And there was,
0: tons of girls had Ed Hardy jeans on. The baggiest Ed Hardy jeans I'd ever seen in my life. It was wild. I was like, whoa, I am. We should bring back Jankos. Jankos were like, people wearing Jankos. No way. Swear. It's so 90s, it's crazy.
1: Wow. I know.
0: I think, okay, the thing about the gypsy thing too that blows my mind is, of all the phases that I've had, you were- glad i'm out of that one <laughs> i'm like i've had some crazy phases like what
1: slutty yeah emo i had a phase where like i had no tits but like i would wear like you know those bras from victoria's secret that, that had, were like, advertised the to 12 year olds and 13 year olds yes and we exactly. would have
0: we would do the x remember the string that would pull your boobs together to make oh, it was the yes. extreme push-up <laughs> Psychotic, your children,
1: and like the foam was like three inches thick, and like if anyone remember water bras, oh my god, dude, wait, did I? Yeah, I. There were bras that had literally water inserts. Yes, so they felt like real tits. Yeah, so if anyone's going to second base on you, like it would be such a surprise, (laughs) such a surprise. (laughs) If you take that thing off, you don't even know. I remember going going to the movies with this dude, and like knowing that we were going to make out chris is covering your face and i had like the strapless cup bra it was so hard like nothing moved oh, it totally. was just so it's crazy because it slides to the left up.
0: and your boobs are
1: all right here yeah yeah yeah. it's <laughs> <laughs> like wherever it's sliding
0: your boobs are yeah that's why the water bra was kind of genius yeah.
1: or there was like genius. gel ones you know what i think is genius kim kardashian's new nipple bra controversial opinion very controversial opinion I don't think it's genius because I'm like, yeah, everyone should have their like nipples out and guys should gawk at them. No, it's like she's going to make a billion dollars from that bra. I'm so
0: intrigued by this opinion because I think that it's also perpetuating the idea and now we're going to have a specific nipple that's attractive.
1: Of course, literally me saying that I think this is genius has no bearing on like what i think about it it's more like she's gonna make a yeah, billion yeah, dollars yeah, yeah totally so for that reason but i think, think that's it's like genius. horrifying because it's like women have
0: of course various of course as we know different nipple sizes and shapes and now we're like blow-up dolls where we're yes. like putting a specific nipple on a specific cold nipple yes like that's like this big with like a tiny. Totally. you know what i mean also but- like men like men are visual creatures like i kind of feel bad for them if all of us are busting in like sex robots <laughs> with our freaking nipple <laughs> things on then we're like look up here like like me for my personality and we're wearing fake nipple bras like what is this world dude, it's crazy that is like mind-blowing to me uh-huh. i mean i can't
1: yeah someone did a parody on it and like the nipple was up here oh and i can't the wait. Other one was, like, down here. there's
0: this really good in- instagram i should find him it's like bo boom something he's this dude and he does these kardashian like recaps yeah 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 where he's like here's the thing like and then you just like acts like the he does these uh-huh. like, i need to find it and i'll share Who's it on the my girl that has the exact voices Yeah, as she does the kourtney kardashian yes. voice on tiktok oh too. she's so good it's so i mean they're like spoofs are so good but uh-huh. usually they play along with it which is so nice uh-huh, they love so today on the podcast we have Channy nicholas she is Ooh. the creator of the Channy app she's an astrologer she is a dope amazing fun magnetic person we've had her on the show before she came on probably two three years ago when her book you were born for this came out Mm -hmm. you were born for this is incredible it's actually a really really good guide for anyone that wants to understand astrology from like a basic level from like a foundational level I really love her writing I feel like it's something I reference at my bedside so you were born for this is such a great astrology book and then her app is just incredible she's such a great astrologer And in this episode, we did a lot of just like chatting as entrepreneurs, as business women in the space. We talked a lot about how she built her business. We talked a lot about her path. I think people look at her today and be like, you have such a successful app. You have such a successful business. And she does. But she was someone that was actually very lost in her words for a long time. So to see her really own her power and her purpose now is just incredible. And it's really nice to just walk through people's career path when they didn't really know the answer and they didn't really know where they were going
1: yes well I find too like the more that I like kind of immerse myself in those types of stories still even as someone now because like we're gonna have like these different iterations of us life is long and so to like hear those stories like a Chaney where it's like I was absolutely lost and she might go through a period of time again where she's like maybe a little lost and it's like hearing that is huge. It's very supportive. And we talked about her business cuz she's someone that has really equitable, inspirational
0: business practices with her team. Like no one makes less than 85,000 a year. She gives days off when people are on their cycle. She's just super equitable Love. like with everything. She's she's really doing something that's so incredible and powerful and she's a pioneer for women CEOs and founders. And so we talked a lot about her business practices, which is cool. incredible. And then we talked a little bit about 2024 astrology, which is super interesting. Some dates to look out for, some things to be mindful of. Had to get a little bit of astrology in there. But I think if you're a fan of Channy, you're going to hear her in a different way than ever before. And I just had such a fun time talking. We were laughing.
1: It her was- astrology voice is so fun. Like She's when she so writes. beautiful. Oh, yeah. She's that too. stunning. <laughs>
0: She just looks so unique Mm -hmm, and beautiful. mm -hmm, I'm like, you have such a mm -hmm, cool look, completely, which is what matters. I know. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) nipple bras, nipple bras, and so. If you want to learn more about Channy, you can follow her on Instagram at Channy Nicholas. You can find her app anywhere you can find apps. The Android version is out now. And if you want to listen to our first episode, search Channy Almost Thirty. It's a really good one. You can also search astrology Almost Thirty. We have tons of other astrology episodes. We also do astrology workshops in our membership all the time. Our membership is where we connect with our community monthly through workshops, through one on ones, through additional resources and content. So go to almost30.com to find information about our membership, information about our partners, tons of discount codes, about our courses and programs, and then Almost 30 Podcast on TikTok and Instagram. We'll find you there. Morning Microdose is our second show, our daily dose of Almost 30.
1: We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode or any other episode, send it to a friend, start a conversation. That's how we grow still. All right. Enjoy this one. We'll see you on the other side. We love you. Bye. I am juggling quite a bit lately. (laughs) I have a new baby, Um, six months in, and uh, we are finishing our book and running a business and a marriage and a house. And um, it's just a lot, but everything is all good and just my dream, but it's a lot. But I have found that if my health Therapy, y'all. I don't know. I just, I don't know what I did before therapy, to be completely honest with you. I think I was kind of a mess, but you know, found it when I was meant to, but I have been going to therapy for about six years now, which is so crazy. So crazy, but it has changed my life and I will continue to invest in therapy for as long as I can. I feel like it has totally, totally made my relationships better That's com slash almost 30.
0: So, we were talking about motherhood, single yeah. moms. Yeah. The way in America of having a child. And I was mentioning that you're known in the space as someone that's just so mindful and thoughtful about how you care for your employees and just like the way in which you take care of people is like, not to be corny, but goals. What are some of the things that you guys do?
2: Well, A, I think it should be bare minimum. I think it should be the floor. I think that what we're doing is revolutionary and that's really fucking sad because we're just trying to make it so that the people that work in our company have enough money to pay their rent, take care of themselves, take care of their families, enjoy their life and feel safe. And that in America is unheard of. I have like tech bros that like try to drag me on Twitter, being like, there's no way you can be profitable and have this kind of benefit system. Like, our floor is 80K. So, nobody in the company makes less than 80K. We have seven weeks of office closures, plus unlimited vacation and unlimited sick days. So, seven weeks of the year, no one is working. So, no one's emailing you. We have a month off at the end of the year, the last two weeks of December, the first two weeks of Jan, we just want everyone to reset and then we come back. So we really believe in working in work cycles, mm-hmm. like we go hard and then we rest and we do a lot in the company and a lot is expected of everybody yeah. and it's up to everybody to co-create the kind of workspace that we want, but we also want to you know, go equally as deep with the ways in which we're trying to take care of people or create a ecosystem of care because that's really what it's about. It's like we can, Sonia and I, Sonia is the CEO, I'm the president, she's my wife, we're business partners, we can put these systems in place and then hopefully that starts to engender a culture where we're taking care of each other so that if hopefully if people feel cared for by the corporation or the company or the whatever they're working at, then they show up better. It's like, yeah. it's economically I know. nonsensical to underpay your people. Right. It doesn't work. People quit. They mm-hmm. leave. They don't want to be part of it. Why not create a company, an ecosystem, a world within which we're experimenting with how things could actually be and work? And so we feel like We've been given this gift. We've created this thing where it's up to us where the rules are. So we want to be like, okay, well, how does feminism, how does a queer feminist lens work with gender-based violence? We know that gender-based violence is wildly prevalent. One in three women, one in two trans folks will experience gender-based violence. That is a communal problem, a structural problem, an economic problem, all those things. So we also have a stipend that if you experience gender-based violence, we have an emergency cash, you know, assistance for you. You also can take off whatever time. If you have a uterus and you need time off when when you have your period, like you just have unlimited menstrual leave. There's just some very like obvious facts that when you look at the conditions of what we're living in, that can be addressed in a company. And it, it only makes it better. Oh. It does not impede our ability to make money. And that's what the, the, the line is always. Like you can't treat people well, you can't you know, treat people like human beings and still make a profit. And it's gross. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's so wild when you
0: really think about it, like all the ways in which we are kind of put to fit in this box. Not seen as human, not seen as like valuable for who we actually are. And people are so much more creative, so much more willing to like put in the work. And it's not like, again, like we're doing this for the people.
1: Yeah.
0: But you get the benefit of having people that are deeply loyal to you and deeply in reverence of you. And they're able to,
2: I get the benefit of being in relationship. Yes. Right. So to try to extract whatever I can from you is dehumanizing you, but it's also dehumanizing me. And then I am lonely and isolated and maybe I have money or something material, but like I don't have a life like that's to me. That's not living. I don't want to I don't want to live like that. I want to feel like I'm part of something. And the only way I can be part of something is to like literally be creating it with the people that are. My team. Yeah. They're my team. They're not like below me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're just, like everyone is so important. Yeah. And every single thing that we do. What was your journey like before? Were you ever in a situation, maybe even
0: Sonia, were you guys ever in situations where you were like, yo, this is horrible? Did you have the situation where you felt like you had to course correct and create the environment that you wish you would have had?
2: I mean, me personally, I've always been, I'm a really bad employee. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, what are we doing here? (laughs) Hopefully I'm learning to be like a half decent boss, but like you don't want to hire me. (laughs) 100%. You're like, this bitch is going to start a revolution. (laughs) Everyone's going to walk out. (laughs) So, you know, I did a lot of stuff. I did a lot of like community work. I did a lot of bartending and waitressing Mm -hmm. and teaching yoga. And a lot of it was like working for yourself. So you're like making your own business. So, yes. And just like, you know, I moved from here from Canada. So when I moved to America, half my family's from New York. But when I actually lived here full time, I was like, oh, man, if you fall through the cracks here you are fucked in a way that like canada is far from perfect far 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 from it but wow like america does not care about you mm-hmm. and i think it's like living in that too it's like you there is untold unlimited potential here and there's untold unlimited violence here and so you know, like to be able to do something here is great and exciting, but also I bring a lot of my Canadian, like so more socialist values. And Sonia's from the UK, and so she brings that too. And she's also an activist. She's been working in the gender-based violence space since she was 16 years old. So a lot of our policies are developed through her work and her team at Free From. So it's from a place of activism. It's, it's resourcing the activism that that community has also done forever. Because we also have a partnership with them. So we give 5% of revenue, not of profits, wow. but of revenue to cash grants to survivors of gender-based violence. Because wow. we know that a little bit of cash can make a huge difference in a system like this where there's nowhere else to get it and nowhere to get it. And then we also work with the entrepreneurs that are also survivors and we create products with them. So we have like a line of candles and I was seeing your product at the shop. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't, we don't make any money from that. Stop. None. Zero, zero. And so our designer designs them. Our astrologers work with their candle makers and other entrepreneurs. And we have this like deep partnership and that's also part of how we create community. And so the people that work at our company get the benefits And then they're also part of this really revolutionary work that addresses gender-based violence, which is so prevalent. And then hopefully the work that we do just on the app is also doing that. So we didn't want to create a company that was externally saying wellness and like, take care of yourself without internally doing it because that's bullshit.
0: And it exists.
2: It exists. And I'm curious what you think about this because I think in
0: 2020, 2021, it's like that was exposed for a lot of people was like yeah. the companies that were saying that they were doing stuff but weren't. But also yeah. there was like such a infusion of energy into the social justice space. What does it felt like for you, for you and your wife even or your team, like people that have been activists for a long time? Mm. What does it felt like to see that trajectory of like the infusion of energy? But now it's kind of like, do you feel like it's dwindling? Like, do you feel like people are kind of like, oh, no, we're kind of back to normal
2: I mean, certainly the pressure's off. Yeah. And when the pressure's off, you know, the cats will play. I don't know what.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, when the pressure's off, cats will be out and partying. (laughs) Dogs will be
2: dogging. (laughs) Pressure's off, we're all drunk. (laughs) But, you know, capitalism will capitalists Exactly. And that's just what it's going to do yeah. until you put pressure on it again. You're, you're all of your choices. Mm-hmm. So every corporation has all of its choices. Every company has all of its choices. Every individual, we are all of our choices. And, you know, we live within really deeply inequitable systems. So that's also a relative statement. Within those systems, we have choices, but we still have choices. Yeah. And so especially companies with a lot of money and a lot of power. I know. Uh, they'll drop the ball super quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But they'll use people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. Which was like, I think the hardest part to see things get co-opted and used and, you know, just, yeah. I guess you want to hope, but it's
2: like... I don't look to them for hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Totally. Yeah, even looking to people for hope, like you being a female founder, obviously working in this company that you've created this beautiful environment of like equity, of creativity, of expression, of people being able to be human... For anyone that's listening that has a business, a female founder, what would you suggest for them to think about when they're thinking about creating a culture Mm. that's more
2: sustainable and human? My wife is so excellent at leading with abundance always. She's always saying, you're never going to make a mistake by saying thank you, giving people more money, giving bonuses, da-da-da-da-da. And of course, there's the economics of it all. But I would say within your capacity, lead with generosity. It will make you feel good and it will instill a trust and it'll start to create relationship. And it doesn't have to be economic, you know, abundance when you don't have it. But to be abundant in your ability to create relationships, I think, is really important. And it's hard because as a founder... You are someone who's probably worked day and night for years yeah. on your own. The grind is real. And then you start to hire people, God is willing. And then you're like, oh, my God, will they do what I need them to do yeah. with my child, my so, baby, my... Yes, honestly, know, this is like, literally,
0: I'll be like to my friends, I'm like, why don't they care as much as me? They're like, they're never well. I'm like, that's not
2: true. Yeah. Like, just, I mean, I will say that, that you know, the the right I, I, They there you there are people that will okay. care as much as you out there. And it does, but it takes time and effort. And I think that we are so unwilling and so trained to just swipe. Yeah. That we don't understand the necessary discomfort of growth. And there's this fine line between like, this is an unjust, unequitable situation. And this is something that's hard, but it's necessary. And that takes time and maturity and whatever to distinguish. But I feel like in the workspaces it's like okay y'all we've got to like be able to really think about this like sometimes you got to push and sometimes you got to be uncomfortable and sometimes you got to sweat it out and then sometimes you it's not worth and it but I just don't feel like in America Mm -hmm. in this moment and after the pandemic that there's like a rebalancing of that that the necessary stress or necessary growth, it's like working out. You're not going to get endorphins if you don't stress your muscles. You're like, your guns are not going to be like my guns. <laughs>
0: you're like, you're like, it's like working out <laughs> in case you didn't see. You know, it doesn't just fucking happen yes. overnight. Yes. So what is the necessary stress? Yes. I think we optimize so much for pleasure in our society and culture and you know, I've even thought about that a lot where there's been times in my life where I've been going through something and I've been like, yo, I'm done mm-hmm. learning through pain. I'm done. Like, I'm like, God, I'm ready to learn through pleasure. But it's like, I have a year like this year and I'm just like, oh my God, the suffering mm-hmm. has taught me so much. Yeah. Like suffering has given me empathy, compassion, depth. Yeah. Like a different texture. Like it's shown me who I am. Yeah.
2: It's so important to know how to suffer. Say more. Like, ha- how to suffer is not to suffer in vain. It's not to be morose. It's not to hang on to the past. It is to be with the truth that we lose things. We love, we lose, we break, we heal. And you can't be a full human and experience true pleasure and love and connection without experiencing the opposite it's just the law and so yes I want people to experience pleasure my god but you won't get it if you're running from your suffering there are things that we have to suffer with they're just they're inescapable it's just part of the human trajectory and we miss all of the texture and the nuance and again we miss out on truly appreciating the pleasure when we don't do that thing and we refuse it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we have like self help, self talked yeah, each other out of mm-hmm. ever suffering or thinking we should. We still suffer, yeah, but we're yeah. thinking we should. Totally. Yeah, that's what I always think
0: about within like the personal development space, spirituality type space. It's like that. I remember for a a while, I was like so, I just got got divorced this year and I was in the year before just turning myself inside out, just Mm -hmm. like going to every nook and cranny, like what is this? How is this showing me me? How is this? What is about this is for me? What about this? Would I recreate if I didn't learn the lessons I need to learn? And I remember being like so scared to be unaligned because I was like, okay, now I'm unaligned and I'm going to call more unalignment in. And now you. Know, I'm like, yeah. I'm already in this phase where I'm feeling this and I'm like going through this process and then I'm scared of it because I'm like, it's going to make it worse. I'm attracting bad things to me. And I'm like, it was like this like added layer of like pain mm-hmm. that didn't allow me to just settle into like the discomfort because mm-hmm. now I became scared that I was going to attract
2: more of it. Yeah. It's like the weird like co-opting of spiritual principles to make it all love and light and Mm -hmm. it's it just feels like another system of supremacy to me because it's like only good things should be had and felt and Mm -hmm. thought about and experienced and that is not life Mm -hmm. it just we we're so one-dimensional if that's the only thing we're fixated on and I find times in my life where I've been that person Mm -hmm. I've been so fixated on wanting to feel like a kind of like energetic high totally that I am running from everything and I make the most amount of mistakes and I create the most damage the most Mm, eventual suffering for myself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's like running from the truth
0: of what is so in that experience when you've done that yeah do you feel like what are some of the mistakes that you would now look back and be like oh that was because of that were there moments in time where you're like I did something for the business or relationship or just in life where you're like, yeah, that was because I was running from my suffering. I started to drink or I started to like, you know, do these things.
2: Yeah. I mean, my God, every relationship I had. (laughs) Yeah. Many of the relationships, many of the jobs. I mean, so much of it. But then, you know, there's also these ways in which that section of my life, I was doing the best I could. Yeah. And that was part of my coping strategy was I had to move into the escape of it all. And, you know, I come from an entire like town and kind of like time of massive addiction and just like getting really high and really drunk and partying. Like I am born in the seventies and I am a child of those people. And so I am like truly Gen X where no one cared what we were doing (laughs) like we were unparented Mm -hmm. so I just went out in the world and I was like come home when it's dark yeah you're like okay yeah and also like I don't know what taking care of myself is I don't know how to feed myself I don't know how to put myself to bed I don't know any of those things I didn't grow up with them but none of those things were in place so you know I did the best I could I made every mistake you could think of I have, you know a million things that i I could regret if I wanted to. I mean, I've done it all. I really ma- I make profound mistakes. Mm-hmm. I make humiliating mistakes. I make just like, oh my juicy God. Yeah, juicy yeah, humiliating. yeah, yeah I've done it all.
0: Don't you love them though? Like now I'm like, I was thinking about that today. I was like, I have like that Catholic part of me that's like, I'm a bad person. Like I have Mm. that like original sin. So I'm working with it. And I'm like, and I was like, I've been arrested. I've gone, you know, I've done all these things. And I was like, I'm still a good person. But it's just all the mistakes. I'm like, they now make me laugh. Yeah. You know, you're like, wow, what an interesting chapter in my book. Yeah. Like it's, it makes you cooler almost, you know, because I'm like, oh, wow, that was like a time, you know, had whatever happened, did whatever happened. And when you come to a place of
2: self-love, you like kind of get it. And you're like, oh, yeah. girl, like, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. There's so many conversations I wish I could go back and have oh, with myself, yeah. mm. you know, just like I just needed a little say? pep talk. Mm. Really, I just needed a little bit. I would have said, take the course, do the training. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have mm-hmm. to want to be this thing in the end. But everything that you're interested in, everything that you're like drawn to, have a little of it. Take the thing, study with that teacher. It doesn't have to be the end result. And I see a lot of people in their 20s and even 30s get so hung up on what they have to get as the outcome. And I was the same. And let me tell you, like, it will just slow you down. Because every single thing that I studied, every single job that I had prepared me for this one. Let me tell you. Bartending taught me. How's the server not a bartender? Yeah, serving, bartending. Taught me how to do weekly readings. Wow. You know, it's just like it is a machine. I go in. I do my job. I let it roll. I do it. I know what the shift is. And I have to do it again the next week. And it's never ending. Like the customer will always need another drink. (laughs) I'll need another (laughs) reading.
0: And if you think about it too much, you're like.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But you just let that other thing go. Yep. And you just do your work. Just flow. Yeah. Do it. You show up. When you get out. Count your money. What would you say
0: To yourself, because I think a lot about this. I'm so grateful for the Saturn return period, the almost 30 period when a lot of people are waking up, where they're like, oh my God, wait, I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't want to do
2: Saturn is like, you will suffer so much more if you don't realize that you are up against a wall, a rock, and a hard Mm -hmm. place. There's nowhere to go. Yeah. Say more. Reality check. It is... And you're lucky if it happens. Totally. You are blessed if it happens. The last thing you want is to be on the wrong track for one second longer than you need to be. So if your Saturn return comes, which is something that happens between the age, usually like 27, 28 to 30, that if that corner of your life is just filled with hard stops, reality checks, learning to say no, boundaries, and having to bet on yourself, then you're lucky. I love the betting on yourself. I haven't thought about that. Yeah. I think this is the point I wanted to say about the career.
0: When you were talking Mm. about how you wish you would have taken the course and stuff, there's this concept called, like I forget who the person is, but it's Mm. thinking about your career instead of a career path as like a career portfolio. Mm. and I love yeah. that concept where you're like this is my art this is yeah. my human art like yeah. I did this job as a bartender or me I was like a consultant and then I was in this job and then I worked at a nursing home and you're just like yeah. you're like wow yeah and it doesn't necessarily need to be like I was here and then I was director and then I was VP yeah and you know what I mean I'm, yeah it's not this it's like this yeah. this 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 yeah and how could all of these skills and things that you learn just help and culminate to apply to the next thing yeah that you eventually do yeah but for you now like you're such a baller and like you are crushing so there's a part of me sometimes that's like it's easy to be like it all makes sense like did you feel lost actually during it like when you were not on your path were you like oh my god i was existentially oh i was on un- i mean lost dramatic unwell <clears throat> i was like dude i i literally was like crying in the Thirteenth floor of my corporate job. I was like, "What am I doing here?" They're like, "Please just schedule that meeting. We need." And I'm like, "But what's the point?" (laughs) I'm like, "What's the purpose of this?" Like so dramatic, dramatic,
2: unwell, unwell, yeah, forever. Mm -hmm. For a lot longer than you. I don't. I didn't. My life didn't start to come together until I was like 38. Was that in your chart? I mean, I have a really harsh Saturn situation, and so if you do. There's a uh, Vedic, which is Indian astrology, kind of principle that says w- things will start to shift when you're 36. And it really did. 36 was a very helpful time. And by the time I got to 38, it was like everything just fell into place. And so I will say, like, my whole life, I had this pressure on myself because I felt so ambitious and yeah. so driven. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea where I was supposed to go with it all. So it was like an engine revving itself up and like overheating and melting down and dramatic unwell it took so long to get on the track. But then you look back and you're like, oh, well, it all adds up. But I had so much pressure on myself. I was like, this all has to add up to a perfect ending. And then I'm like, no, it doesn't. But it also kind of has. So also my story is something that is in the end, at at this point, at the end of the dramatic unwell, quite magical. But let me tell you, it's like 38 years of feeling lost and unloved and without a place in the world. And like my potential was being wasted. My life was flashing over my eyes and I was never going to find it. I just felt like such a loser, mm-hmm. to be honest. I felt like everybody else has figured out how to life. And I can't I don't see you know. being
0: like that. But yeah, that feeling and I just it's like this cellular soul feeling where I'm like, mm-hmm. fucking here yeah and it's not like i'm here for a reason and i'm tony robbins and i'm like and i'm like yeah but it's like whatever the fuck literally whatever the fuck this needs to do like i i have to do it's so beautiful i'm so grateful for it but that's the part that saves you saves me but it's also made me insane
2: yeah 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 but it it, it gets you out of the situations that aren't right for you yeah because it's driven that's the part of you that knows go Go this way. Do that thing that you're terrified to do. And that's the part that I'm always so grateful for. That's Mm -hmm. the part that like I look around and I'm like, how do I have a company of 36 people? That's so sick. That's growing. Mm -hmm. How did we figure out how to make an app, launch an app? No VC funding, not a dime from anybody. We built the business from nothing. And the business, the people, the community we worked with built it with us. And then we could offer this thing back and then we could build a community in the company. And then we could build with free from and build community that way. And it is bounding to me. And it's also it's grown me in a way that I don't think anything else, even motherhood, like parent, becoming a parent is like amazing. But becoming the leader of a company, becoming that is like you're exposed that is a game every is, nook and cranny yeah is like all of it
0: dude i think yeah. too maybe i i just feel like i the expect this is my whole life but it's like the expectation i have for myself with my team too it's like i can't you know what i mean if i show up and i'm like not yeah. not like i have to be like hey guys yeah yeah yeah. but if i show up and i feel like a little bit like i could have done that better yeah it's, it haunts it haunts you
2: haunts. oh it's i can recall 17 times oh just yeah off the top of my head the other
0: like the other day i had a call and then I went to a workout. The whole workout, I'm just like, I should have said <laughs> no. The whole, and then for the rest of the day, I'm like, dude, you gotta chill.
2: Like, you because have we, to be okay. Yeah, and then the, you can we can talk all day about the expectation. of Oh
0: yeah, that's the whole thing.
2: Female leaders. What do you mean?
0: But that's the whole thing. It's exact because that part of me that's like, oh, I have to be kind and yep. clear and nice. And I think for nice, nice. And I think for you, and maybe a little bit more because mine's like personal development, spiritual, yours is a spirit, you know what I mean? But I think there's that expectation too, where it's like, I have to be respecting boundaries and I have to be like coaching and I have to be like, uh, not like I don't, res- I respect boundaries, yeah. but you have to also have that element of like, I'm this perfect teacher person that's like, that's a setup. Yeah, it's a setup where like a man's like, oh, I'm good at my job.
2: A man is like, I showed up today. Where's yes, my coffee?
0: Literally. It's like, what do you got for and me? And they're like, oh, thanks for the promotion. Yes, exactly. And I'm like, okay, so I've, and it's just, yeah, it's it's rough. It's really shown me a lot about myself.
2: Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about the practice of speaking kindly to yourself. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very cute theory. It's there's some cute, cute yes. podcasts about it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so there's thing
0: called like being nice to yourself. And it's super basic. It, the basic things are the best. <laughs> can we be real? Yeah, can we?
2: Continue. Just being like in that moment where you're like, I could have shown up with more graciousness and maybe I could have shown up with more generosity. And I didn't because I am a whole person. And if I'm going to love myself, I got to love the aspects of myself that are not something that are going to make me proud too. Like I get to be whole. And that is something that is so hard to really feel and live from that like, I get to be whole, I get to do better, I get to start over, I get to forgive myself. But I'm not going to ever cut out those parts of myself. Like, they're going to exist with me. They're going to be there. And that's okay. That is everyone. I just, social media, we always say, it's done so many great things. And it's also so toxic. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like this whole other layer of watching people, basically on TikTok, talk about everybody else you're just like wow. I, know. I mean there's also like things about it where you're like oh yeah this person's really giant and famous and so what they do impacts culture and so we can critique culture and then there are ways in which we just start critiquing the person and that no one is able to be a human anywhere because we live inside of these massive systems of inequity and so it just keeps showing up on every level of our interaction where it's like, there's a lot, there's so much teardown. And so also as a leader, you're like, okay, what am I going to get torn down for? When's my time going to come? When are they going to, and it's going to, I mean, it'll come like I, whatever. People are disappointed in me all the time. And, it is so important for you to be disappointed in me if you don't know me. If we've not met and we don't have a relationship, I hope to God I disappoint you because we don't know each other and we project all of these things onto each other. And it is so fucking unfair that I expect anything from you, but what you give me, honestly, in any relationship, but especially if I don't know you.
0: Mm -hmm. And you're doing all this stuff for free. And it's like, yeah. With the social media thing, I actually had to catch myself on that recently where I was like, mine's not TikTok as much, but I like YouTube stuff. And I was just like kind of watching something and I'm like, what's 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 the energy that you're trying to bring into my life where these people are, are talking about culture things? right? And I'm like, what is that telling my subconscious in my mind when I'm watching people talk about other people all the time? It's just instilling this like fear in me and sort of creating this culture within my mind where I'm like, probably using to keep myself small because i'm like then they're gonna talk about me right they're gonna do a video about me they're gonna say this thing and i'm like oh that's an interesting way they are totally and And then we're
2: all doing it to each other i know and then where are we we're all like big brothering each other pretty much it's a lot it's a lot of it's a lot of very interesting dynamics it It will shift like it Mm -hmm. will change i think i I know it's a deep part of human nature because we are scared And we feel like if we're talking and we're agreeing about something we see over there, then you're safe. Totally. Right. And so it's about a safety thing and it is about power Mm -hmm. and it it is about all of these things. And I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about things that are really, really, really abuses of power Mm -hmm. because that is what it is. And it gets into these very strange places, I think. We're we're just like studying everybody's life and all of their choices and and we don't know them.
0: Now we know the language. We're like, wow, this is narcissistic, Yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, then we apply all the labels and language that people have or people understand or maybe don't understand. And then they kind of apply and psychoanalyze everybody and just put everyone in boxes. But yeah, for you being a public figure, like I think you do such a good job of being someone that is... It, you feel boundary to me in a really mm. nice way. It's nice. I'm so bound. Yeah, you're boundary to fuck. It's amazing. It's baller. <laughs> baller boundary bitch. I love hanging out with people <laughs> with boundaries because I'm like, no boundaries. So I'm like, you tell me where to go. I literally am like, I literally am like I'll fill in the gaps. <laughs> it's like actually liberating for me. I'm like, now I know where to go. <laughs> Have you always had boundaries? I guess, like, what's been your process with that? You know, because I grew up
2: with so much partying, we can just say, uh, nobody had any boundaries. All the real G's partied. Yeah, they were. I mean, they were so intoxicated that I, just by the sheer dynamic of what has to happen energetically in the universe, I had to become the opposite. Like, you all have no boundaries, no sense, no judgment. You're literally, you know, not in your right mind. You're literally unconscious right now. Yeah. So I'm going to go over here because I have to. I had to balance it out. Yeah. I didn't have the space or the freedom to not be. So I'm excessively judgmental and boundary and all the other things. I have to work against it.
0: I know that I have, what is it, four planets in Capricorn? You do? Yeah. Like some, I have a friend who's just like an angel darling and sometimes I'll say stuff
2: and I can tell she's like pleased but also horrified at the same time. And I'm like, Damn. I have friends like that. that they're, they never say anything bad about any. I'm always like, wow. Dude. what? How do you? I showed her amazing. a clip. I was like, isn't this hilarious? She was like horrified. Yeah. So now we're like being the people that we're just talking That's about. That's true. You know? That's so it's, true. It's totally in me. Yeah. It's part of me. Where in your chart do you have that judgmental aspect? The Saturn. Is in? Well, the Saturn really messes with my son. It really... I have a very hard we call aspect between saturn and my son mm-hmm. so that's why i'm a late bloomer we could say not why but it's yeah. reflected in my chart yeah and it's harsh and judgmental and boundaried and also works really hard and yeah you know it's like this is what i want and yeah this is how i need to go out and get it isn't it so nice though like especially for you and your work like if you were 22 and
0: you had this going
2: you oh would, my god.
0: I mean, do you even can you even imagine? Lit everything on fire. Lit everything on fire. <laughs> I mean, just whole like, team. Dumpster. I mean, it's like you would have never, never been able to have the sustainability and like confidence and groundedness of building what you've
2: built. Not at all. And the whole thing is to trust, right? It's like if it happens for you at 38 or 28 or 52, I don't know. Like you just have to get to a point where you're trusting in. Your ability to know what the next thing to do is, which is very a very like AA 12-step principle, like do the next right thing. It's a really good one. Simple, basic. AA has actually got – all the principles are dope. They're amazing. They're amazing. People are weird and do yes. stuff and whatever. There's an AA
0: center right there. <laughs> yeah. So it's like funky I've been in meetings there. No <laughs> way. That's sick. <laughs> They're literally like – cigarettes for days oh, yeah. like i love it the, i'm like the y'all are partying after this <laughs> yeah, yeah like, the better
2: the dude. better like give me the worst story uh, 100%. i'm like you'll it's I've, good therapy some meetings are close anything
0: but. people i cry so easily yeah what would you think what do you think my big three are
2: you know i was just think i was like what just pisces kind of noodling do out. you have You have venus and pisces or my son is pisces your son you're such a pisces why because you're so sparkly and you're so oh. – you move in to fill the gaps. It's literally Pisces is just moving yeah. water. It's the fish. Yes. So they're just squishy and they do all the nice. things. They fill in. That's what I always say. You pour water on the ground and it just goes everywhere. So you you naturally go, – thank God for your Capricorn. That's yeah, your dude. ability to focus and get to the top and do yeah. your things. But your Pisces just goes everywhere. I know. It's Psychically, so w- emotionally, yes. energetically. My Pisces is my what?
0: North node, I think. And that's what I'm healing is that ability for me to feel like I enjoy the Pisces element of me. Yeah. Because there was so much of my life where I was like, I don't want to feel this much. I don't want to be this intuitive. I don't want to be this psychic. And I'm actually really working on that right now is kind of reclaiming that that part of me because for so long it's felt like a burden. Yeah, it,
2: it definitely. I mean, the, Cap, the Capricorn yeah. and the Pisces like elementally go together really well. Yeah. And they like earth and water. It's yes. great. It's yeah, just yeah. like a cup, yes. hold it all. But the Capricorn doesn't do vulnerability so much. But the Pisces, that's the, your power as you're
0: Oh, I need to do that. And your
2: openness. No, you do it a lot. I do it. Yeah. You're really good at it. Yeah. You really meet people. Yeah. You extend yourself out, which, is, which is very, it is very gracious. What's the word I'm looking for?
0: You can keep going.
2: <laughs> I can help it's you. It's generous. Generous. That's how I feel. So for- that's, that's Pisces. Pisces is ruled by Jupiter and Jupiter is mm-hmm. all about generosity and Jupiter is a planet about spirituality. And I, I think at the basis of everything, spiritual, religious, whatever, is about being generous. Because mm-hmm. if you're filled with the light of the creative intelligence mm-hmm. and the energy of whatever moves through everything, totally. you feel like, I don't, I'm not, I don't have anything to lose. I can give you, mm-hmm. you can have, it's fine. I have. Yes. So I can give. Sonia, you said, it's kind of like. Yeah. Very. Are you, do you guys balance each other out? Or are you like opposites? We're opposites in a lot of ways. She grew up very differently than I did. She grew up very structured. She's such a babe. Very- Those are such
0: babes. <laughs> such babes.
2: She's amazing. I mean, she's so brilliant. And she, she is the most courageous person. She never backs down from anything. Nothing difficult. She doesn't care. She does the right thing, the generous thing, the scary thing. There's been so many conversations where, like, I should have said something, and she goes first. That's so hot. And then I'm like, oh, that's how you do it. Like, she teaches me how to be courageous. How important is having a
0: partner? I'm single now. How important is having a partner that you can learn from?
2: I mean, why else would you be in partnership with anybody for anything? I want to learn some people want to be safe, right? Yeah. Some people are like, I want
0: to be safe. Some people yeah. are like, I want to experience pleasure. Yeah. I don't know if everyone wants to grow from their person.
2: Yeah. And maybe not everybody needs to. Maybe that's not their thing. Yeah. True. I do. I know. Same. From a soul level, I'm like, if this we're not is- not growing. We're dying. Oh,
0: we're dying. Yeah. And if we're not growing, I'm going to make us grow. Oh, <laughs> will <laughs> set something on fire. Yeah. Honestly, I'm going to cause a little <laughs> drama for growth. <laughs> That's what I've realized about my soul lately. I've been like, yo, you really are trying to clear a lot of karma. You really are trying to learn by different contrast. And it's just funny. I'm like, wow. Now I like can understand and have that relationship with my soul where I can kind of see it. Mm. You know, I can kind of see like, okay, we're doing this thing where we're trying to like do this or we're going through this thing. Like in this year, there's been stuff, my dad's super sick and there's Sorry. things going on with my family that just feel weird and cliche almost in a yeah. painful way. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. This was on my list of my soul's journey. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, that's so interesting. Like, yeah, and I'm so grateful to have that relationship with my soul where I can be like co collaborating mm-hmm. on the path and on the journey, and have that experience where I'm like, can zoom out from life a little bit, yeah, and be like, oh, we're doing this, yeah. We got grief coming, or we got these yeah. things. It's just. Yeah, it's been one of the greatest gifts that suffering has given me this year.
2: Yeah, just to be in like acceptance of what's happening.
0: Yeah, totally. Acceptance and even, yeah, just not to be corny, but like, oh, I, like what I'm so grateful for is now I see change. I have a relationship with change where I don't see it as something that always leads to bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I think before probably Saturn return or just earlier in my life, I was like, change is bad. hmm But now I'm like, oh, change is the best because now it leads me closer to the life that I want. You know, the the relationship that I want, the friendships that I want, like the business relationship that I want. And I feel like people have such a weird relationship with change where they want a different
2: life, but they don't want to have change happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't want to do the work and go through the discomfort and go through the suffering of it. You want a different life. What are you willing to give up? Yeah and therefore be deeply uncomfortable about. And, and then we have to, be, like, I want to be fair and say, like, that's a skill you develop slowly. I like lifting weights, you don't just go to, like, lift 50 pounds or whatever. You start with five. Like, you do a little bit at a time, but that's necessary. You do a little bit of what scares you. You do a little bit of what's uncomfortable. Because when you can't hold the discomfort that's coming up for you, you project it onto the world. You project it onto the next best person, however you can. And then they become the problem and all of that starts to happen. And we see that in our world everywhere. Either you project a savior onto somebody, you project, you know, something evil and horrible onto them. Maybe there's some of that, but really it's like, what, what am I not able to sit with? Why am I fixating on that out there? what do i actually have autonomy and agency over where can i where can i be like oh i'm uncomfortable and this is why how could we
0: look at our chart to understand how we deal with discomfort how we deal with the shadow how we deal with those aspects of ourselves
2: god that's a great question
0: got her hey hey <laughs> got her flip it <laughs>
2: It's time, baby. Well, there's a couple of different things I would say. It's like I would look for the most difficult thing in the chart. Say more. Well, there's really difficult setups. So, you know, squares, oppositions, conjunctions from challenging planets to personal planets. So there's like there's kind of like a a hierarchy in a sense, right? Like you've got your sun and your moon. They're the luminaries. And then you've got like Mercury, Venus, Mars, And then like Jupiter and Saturn, those are the visible planets. And then you've got the outer planets. Saturn and Mars are going to just be the sore spots in your chart for a lot of people. They're also going to be major power points, but they're a double-edged sword usually and for different reasons. If you're born in the daytime, Mars becomes the thing to watch out for. If you're born at night, Saturn becomes the thing to watch out for. They're called the malefics. And so if they're on a different team, there's like day team and night team in traditional astrology, and whatever malefic, whatever planet, Saturn or Mars are the opposite, you can usually go there to be like, okay, that's going to be the hot spot. And then the, the type of issue, if it's Saturnian, will be about authority and about rigidity and about all that kind of stuff. And then depending on where it is and what it's doing, and you can look at the area of life. If it's about Mars, it's going to be like heat and anger and burning things down <laughs> and rashes and being inflamed. And you look where it is, what it's doing, who it's talking to. Mars and Saturn. Yeah, Mars and Saturn. And then the outer planets will give you a different type of agitation or challenge. If you have a Neptune thing, anything challenging with Neptune, your escapism will be your thing. If you have anything challenging with Uranus, it'll be either you're erratic or your life is super erratic, at least in the beginning, and there's a lot of instability. And then Pluto is going to be just like deep power issues and struggles and all that kind of stuff. Nothing is one-sided, but everything has both sides. So Mars stuff, you learn it, and then you work with it, and then you develop your courage. Saturn stuff, you learn it, you work with it, you develop discipline, you know, and you go through these kind of different things. So I look at the most challenging setup, most challenging planets what's prominent, what's really talking loudly. And then I'd also look at the eighth house. The eighth house is a place of mental anguish, it's called. Wow. Yeah. Do we all have suffering. something in the eighth house? No, we don't all have something in the eighth house or any house and okay. that's fine, but there is a planet that will rule it. And then you look to see where that planet is and it'll tell you stories about your mental health and well-being. Really? I also look at the 12th house, which is a house of suffering and self-undoing and ghosts in our closets and all of that kind of unconscious stuff.
0: That'd be like ancestral too?
2: Where fourth would ancestral house, stuff. Be? Fourth, fourth house stuff. Type. Yeah. That's okay. the family home okay. origin or what we call your IC, which is like the darkest point in the chart. Wow. Which is the family point. And so you look and see if anything is hanging around there, what planets are where, where it is, what sign it's in. And then, you know, transits to it will just like, like somebody like on your spine, like <laughs> you know. Oh. Yeah.
1: I what just it? had a
2: really gnarly transit to my IC and it was this year awful yeah mm. yeah internally awful no externally it showed up cuz the IC is about home and it was we had like literally it was yeah, yeah. it was one of those things mm-hmm. that you just like you're like oh I hope that never happens and then wow. it all happened and that was like did oh you my see God. it coming and then no i was like what the fuck is happening i looked at my chart and i looked at the app and I looked under my transits in the app and I read it and I was like, I texted the director. You're like, of make sure there's
0: a, there's a push <laughs> notification for
2: ICs next time. I texted Eliza, who wrote it, Eliza Robertson. And I was like, and she knew what was going on. I was like, can you fucking believe this? Like the app drags me all the time. I'll wake up and read my horoscope every day and I'm like, oh my God, you guys. Because I don't write it. You're like, chill. Oh no. Did you used to write it? I used to write everything, but what? that was untenable. I mean, hundred yeah. percent, yeah, but that's I gotta get of, like, back to growth. writing, really? yeah, that's my thing. Like, do you want to write another book? I mean, there's definitely another book hanging out, totally. but I also just need to start writing routinely again. Yeah. It's been like a year and a half or some or two years, something. It's been yeah. a while, and I don't I feel so different now that I'm a parent and I have a company. And I have all these things I have to do that like, I don't know how to write anymore. I feel like I've gone back to the beginning and I'm like, I don't know how to even make a sentence. Totally. Like the wheels came off.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think cellularly as a parent, you're, it's like something that you can't fathom until you do it that you're different. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a parent. And then you're like, and I feel like that with losing a parent as well, mm. that you cellularly change. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like. Since you being a mom, mm-hmm. what has been surprising about motherhood?
2: Anything most, where you're like, whoa. The most surprising thing about motherhood is that it's not a drag. I grew up with so yeah. many women that had babies too young, had babies maybe for the wrong reasons, had babies because that's what happened, and they. I grew up in a tiny town in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains in British Columbia, and... The town of 10,000 people, and a lot of us lived outside of that town. So mm-hmm. the isolation was like, there was no internet. Like, you were isolated. Even, you know, phone calls were so expensive. Like there was no, you know, it was like so much to get anywhere. Like, for what I grew up in, if your husband took the truck, that was it. You were stuck out of town. How are you going to get groceries? There's no Instacart. There's no Amazon. There's no Uber. There's no nothing. And so the women that I saw that were mothers were so isolated. And just, it felt like a burden. All the children, even if they, you know, they love their children and all that kind of stuff. But it was like, it wasn't okay. No one was okay. And the men were not okay. And they were not supporting anything that was happening at home. And so having kids looks like a total drag. And then I waited till I was very old. (laughs) And then I had the resources and the life that I wanted. And I had the ability to do parenthood in a way that was very supported. And, you know, the baby came and it's just been like, Oh God, this is a, blast. but that's because I'm resourced and I waited and I did a gajillion therapy sessions, blah, 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 all the things that I did to get to this point. It's, you know, not a mistake. And I'm 48 years old. Wow. So, you know, like biologically I couldn't even have children. So, then God I'm queer. Really? And my wife is younger than me. And, you know, like she, yes. you know, carried the baby yeah. and gave birth. And so I get to have this experience that is very non-normative for if I was living in the 1950s, I wouldn't be having this experience or the 1970s or 80s or 90s or whatever. And I even thought I was too old to have kids. And then I went out with a group of friends who were also queer women in their early fifties who had younger partners, and they were talking about them having kids. And I was like, "You guys don't think you're too old to be a parent?" And they're like,
0: "Bitch, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. like,
2: are you kidding me?" And I laughed at dinner, and I was like, "Wait a minute, would a man? I was like forty-six at the time. I was like, would a man think that he was too old at forty-six to have a child? Has that ever even crossed?" Yeah. <laughs> a heterosexual dude i was like what the so what i'm not because patriarchy like Mm -hmm. why would i not just because i'm not fertile or whatever the fuck so it was all of that just like constantly unlocking ourselves from patriarchal white supremacist colonial capitalist stuff it's so deep in us and and it's been our experience and also there might be spaciousness to create something very different for ourselves that people before us couldn't do.
0: Yeah. It's beautiful to see, mm. even hearing you talk about your experience and seeing a lot of my friends bring children into the world and have a different experience than mm. I think my mom did or mm. the people that I saw having kids when they were younger. Mm. And I think it's a lot of different things. Obviously, my friends have a lot more resources. Mm. Like, so there's that experience. Mm-hmm. But it then shows you the contrast. And I'm saying this as not being a mother, but hoping to be a mother. I've also witnessed just, I'm grateful to have women in my life that are speaking to their experience as mothers as something that's really beautiful, because I feel like a lot of the narrative people is that, is the truth of motherhood being hard? But it seems to me, and I might be like this, who knows what my experience is, but it's like almost like the over-indexing on that's hard because you feel alone. Mm Mm-hmm. So that so many women are connecting and communing on being alone, Mm -hmm. which makes sense, totally normal, using social media for that. But I'm also like remembering that there's a child that may eventually see how Mm -hmm. their mother felt like it was so miserable or Mm -hmm. it was a burden or that the experience of motherhood was so traumatic and painful. Mm -hmm. And I think if I would have known how painful and traumatic my mother's experience raising me was, it probably would have really hurt. Yeah. You know, I know she had her own journey with things and- definitely probably was, but it's like the access that we have to having information about the entire motherhood process is so interesting. Mm-hmm. And I just sometimes get scared about how much information people share about the process, either positive or negative, because I'm like, your kids can now see all of that. Mm-hmm. They can have access to your full experience of motherhood and the information about them that they didn't consent to. Mm-hmm. They, they might not have consented to like you sharing the photos or sharing the video or sharing about how horrific the birth was and how, you know, it's just... It's something that we're all navigating. That's
2: like very new. Yeah, yeah. I keep everything as won't be shocking. What very do you, private. Oh yeah. What do you I, mean? My child will never be online. Yeah. I know. I was like curious. Even when you're talking about, I was like,
0: talk about. And yeah. your community knows. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I mean, I have, have never
2: made an announcement because it's not totally. I lead with the work. Yes. I want to always lead with the yes. Work. It's I'm not. My life isn't content. Like yes. I, I'm happy to talk about things, and I want to show up in the world and be of service but I have to protect myself and my family and that is how I stay sane and also energetically fortified so in the ways I I talk about it when I want how I want and I don't in other ways
0: yeah I feel like for anyone listening to you know that female founder, business owner, whatever type Mm -hmm. of founder you are, it's like there is that journey that you have to really figure out because I think a lot of people get leaky because they see their value in sharing a lot, over sharing in the vulnerability being like the hook. And Mm -hmm. I'm someone that shares a lot. So it's like, but I always have to check in with myself too, like what feels good, but it's nice to see you as an example of someone that's like leading with the value, leading with the work, staying specific about what matters to you and what should be private and personal to you. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people are probably really curious about other aspects of your life, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean, that you couldn't share. So it's tempting when you have a platform Mm -hmm. to be like, I'm going to talk about this.
2: Mm -hmm. Because they want to know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm so Jewish. I don't know. I'm just like, don't tell, like, you know, Jews don't lead with like, what's good. (laughs) Like, and hard. I'm not I'm saying, you know, like everyone shares Total. all the vulnerable things, but I'm always like, keep it. Like, I'm Total. paranoid. I'm Total. superstitious. Like, it'll I'm, go yeah, away. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I also want to share what's worked and what's been helpful. Yes. And I want us to grow and thrive together. And I want us to use these moments because it does feel like we're in a very deep crisis as a human population about how we're going to exist on the planet. So, say more. In what way? Well, in all the ways I think that we are, the environmental crisis and catastrophe that we are in is just starting to reveal itself and we're grappling with it in a way that is insufficient. You know, like we need all of the brilliant minds and all of the creative power moving towards all the solutions we need all of our resources but they're
1: life coaches
2: we need we need all the resources going towards this yeah this is the crisis of our time and it's i don't open up the newspaper and not hear a solution in sight Mm -hmm. i can read about the problems Mm -hmm. but like where are all the leaders why are we not moving towards every possible thing we can do To make sure we have air to breathe, water to drink, land to be on, forests to exist, and not everything to literally be on fire.
0: It is weird. I think about that with AI, too. I'm like, oh, okay. So we can do that, but we can't figure out recycling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can't figure out how to,
2: like, reduce plastic bottles. Yeah, like to not have plastic anymore. We've created enough plastic. We never need to create another molecule of plastic. It's like, it's just, it's kind of
0: eerie. For me, when I think about it.
2: Yeah. Because I'm like. And then you have a kid and you're like, oh, my God. I mean, we were in New York when the smoke rolled in and I just kept looking at her and being like, I'm so sorry. Oh, sweetie. And then there was the heat wave and it was just like one thing after another. And you're like, why did I do this? Did I bring a child? A lot of people don't want to have kids because of that. Of course. Then like for very good reason, that was me for a long time. And then it was like I kind of got energetically hit over the head. And we were like, let's have a baby. No. <laughs> she came in like "Do Did you that. feel your soul? Did you feel her soul? Yeah, I did. I heard her in the house. Stop. Yeah, I could hear her giggling and like laughing. Stop. You knew it was her? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. No, but it was just I could feel the energy totally. of children in the house. Wow. I was like, what is happening? And Sonia could feel it too? No, she was a little late to come on board. But yeah. then when she gets on board, she's like, now we're doing it. And I was like, hold Queen. on. I was just asking. Yeah, literally. <laughs> It's so it's so weird about that, like
0: with babies, because there is a soul frequency that you tap into or tune, and they like tap you.
2: They're like, "We're ready to come through." Like, and so for as a queer couple, it was as close to an accident as possible. It felt like we were both like stunned. Like it it just happened so quickly and so magically, and everything that occurred with it was wild. And she got pregnant, and we were just like, "Top," and then you're looking at her, you're like, "Look at us."
0: It's like, and that's, that's what I'm talking about. I was talking about earlier with life. I'm just like, I'm in awe at the journey of life.
2: Yeah. Like you three years ago, four years ago, you'd be like, no, you know. No, 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 no desire to have
0: And then now you're like, you would have never predicted. No. This to be, and even you, when you were in your Saturn return or whatever, and you're like, yo girl, you're going to be doing this thing. Did and Have you ever had a psychic predict anything that's actually come true?
2: You know, I moved to L.A. like everybody else to be an actor. And I remember I see that I remember being in like a, I was in a meditation circle and the person who led it got a psychic to come in. Her name was Kryn Zook. She's now passed away and she was amazing. And she did a reading for everybody in the circle and she got to meet and she just started laughing. And I was like, you're like, is this good? And she was <laughs> like, you think you're going to L.A. for one reason, but you're not. You're going for a totally different reason. And I was livid. Of course. I was like, how dare you? Bitch. I am going to go and be a very successful actress, blah, 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 blah. And she was just like, no, you're not. Did she say what it was? No. She was like, it's going to be great, but it is not at all what you're going for. I remember. I was so mad at her. Pissed. I remember I was at a psychic and I was
0: with someone hooking up with someone whatever she's like oh you're gonna move to new york i was like i fucking hate new york she's like you already know your partner i'm like i don't know my partner and both were true she's Mm -hmm. like you're gonna be doing this for your work i was like no i'm not i literally hate that Mm -hmm. everything she said was like true Mm -hmm. and i was so pissed Mm -hmm. this is miserable yeah you suck yeah she was like pregnant drinking red bull (laughs) i was like dude everyone in our audience knows her name because i've talked about her before what's her name but honestly, I saw her like three times and then she literally disappeared.
2: I know. I've had that happen.
0: Yeah. That's what psychics do. Yeah. They're like rolling stones. They're yeah. like on the go. Totally. They like cannot be somewhere for too long. Yeah. I don't know if it's taxes or like what. Yeah. But yeah, she completely disappeared. We yeah. like went back to her storefront. And she was gone.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like so weird. Yeah. Okay. I need to introduce you to a revolutionary new app. Um, Superhuman. 2024.
0: Let's talk about astrology for one minute. <laughs> what is astrology? Is there anything that
2: people can be aware of or look for in 2024? Oh my god! I just did all of the 2024 readings. Fuck yeah! Just trying to, th- I should have this kind of better mapped out in my head in terms of sound bites for it. This year we had a Venus. <laughs> I'm ready.
0: She's like, she's talking astrology now. <laughs> yeah, obviously.
2: <laughs> this year we had a Venus retrograde. Yes. So throughout the summer we had a mm-hmm. Venus retrograde. So we had Venus is a planet of art and relationships love, and it was in Leo. So it was very dramatic. So how many people broke up this summer?
0: Right on time. Yeah,
2: How many writers and actors have been on strike all summer? Venus is the planet of union, literally unions and art and all the things. So we've had this very dramatic. And then we had like all these women, Venus is rules, women and LGBTQIA folks and, gender expansive folks. And we had like women just dominating.
0: Barbie, Barbie,
2: Taylor, Taylor, Beyonce. Beyonce, Trifecta. And so it was just like this like, wow, kind of factor about how it all showed up. The end of the year, next year in December, and that's, this is a very, like that's going to be the end. So it's really like 2024, 2025, but Mars is going to retrograde. So I'm like, I definitely have my eye on that because Mars is about, Hot topics and inflammation and anger and division and all of that kind of stuff. Election. uh, So it happens right after the election. And while the election's happening, we're like, you know, we're, I can't remember exactly what, but we're going to be close to the shadow, the pre-retrograde shadow period. Obviously, the news cycle is going to dominate, the election is going to dominate everything. And we have Jupiter moving into Gemini in the spring And it's going to disperse a lot of things. So it's going to create a lot of different stories. And there's just going to be a lot of chatter. And it's going to be really loud. And it's going to be hard to pin down, I think, the truth.
0: I love that you're like saying the astrology, but you have
2: your thoughts about what that's going to be.
0: (laughs) And you're not saying.
2: (laughs) And I think it'll be really important for us to focus. What I want for us to go into 2024 with is a fucking plan. Like, if you believe that people with uteruses should have the right to choose what to do with their body, then I want you to think, I want us all, myself included, to think about how many decades people fought to upend those rights and to remove them from us. They are dedicated. That side of the aisle, dedicated. They do not relent. They do not give up. They just keep going for what they want. And I want us to be that dedicated to seeing something that is just and fair and centers people's well being. We have to be that dedicated. So what's our plan? So when I look at the astrology, I'm like, oh, God, we really need to focus. Mm -hmm, This is mm -hmm. going to be very distracting. And so that's my one of the things. It's like we've got to focus. We've got to get with and stick with and be in a kind of decisive moment. So because of all the chatter, because of all the craze, how can we
0: focus in 2024? The Mars retrograde is going to be huge.
2: Yeah, that's again, it's a very end of the year. Very end of the year. It's uh, something to keep in mind. And well, I think with the Jupiter and Gemini, Gemini, it's like, what, honestly, where can you organize? Like, who can you organize with? What's your local situation? What in your district needs you? What do you want to be part of? Get on board as early as possible. Like, how do we build with each other? And, you know, we're in this moment where, where just everything can feel very divisive and very splayed and very just like everything's in the wind. Yeah. And I think that will, there's a way in which that could increase next year. And so I just think we should get ahead of that and be very focused on what it is we can do in our lives regularly, how we can show up and how we can be Part of a conversation that feels generative.
0: Mm-hmm. Would you say if we thought about a word to leave people with for 2024? Focus.
2: Yes. Please. <laughs> please, God. Please
0: focus. <laughs> yeah. Everybody. What do you want? Yeah. And then how do we get there? Love that. Channy app, Android baby. Hey. What up? We're there. What up. Finally. That's amazing. Yeah. Thousands of people, ten thousand, thousands of people on the wait list. And now they have yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Because it's a whole different development game. We had
2: to build another app. Yeah. And we don't outsource our work. We build a company that pays people well and does all the benefits and all the things. So we had to wait to build the company, make sure we could economically keep it viable, keep it going, and develop that and then develop a whole new app. So it took time. And I know people were angry about it and... I get it. And also, if you want something sustainable and you want something that is a product that you can be proud of being a part of, we've got to do it sustainably too. And things aren't fair and all this stuff. But the fact of the matter is 98% of our people were on iPhone. And so we gave to the vast majority of the people that were. And now we were able to build it because of the system. iPhone people. yeah, because of the the success of the app. So now we're everywhere, and now we can do everything, and now we can update the app and do all Fuck the things. because yeah. we couldn't update the app for those years because we had to keep it static so we could build the Android version so that oh they could match. God. And now we can do stuff. Do so. It's like it's very. It's like one. You know, you plod. Yes. What do I next? Yes. What do we do next? What do we do next? What do we do next? And now the podcast. And now. Well, I've always had the Week Ahead podcast. Okay. You've always had the Week but there's a new one. But we're launching a new one. Okay. Yeah, we're launching a new one. It's called Down to Earth, and it's me and Thea Anderson and Eliza Robertson, and they are two shining stars on the Channing team. Eliza heads up the content department, and Thea is the chief of staff. Mm. Yeah, and they're both just phenomenal astrologers. Mm. And phenomenal humans. So we just did our first episode, and it was so much fun.
0: I think I saw a clip you talked about the Beyonce. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was dope. Yeah, I was like, oh, there's just a hole in the market. <laughs> Where I was like, oh, we can like, yeah, it's just, yeah. it really, it's dope. It makes sense, and yeah, they seem so amazing.
2: I hope people like it.
0: I'm so glad you came because last Thank time so we were talking about the book me. forever ago. Oh my god, forever and many that was before m- the pandemic. Before the pandemic,
2: we met in the before.
0: We were before time meters. Wow. And yeah, I just really respect you. I appreciate what you do. We're such huge fans, our audiences too. And it's just been like a delight. I feel so lucky that I get to do what I do and like mm. sit down with people like you. So thank you. Mm, thank
2: you. For thank you. Me. It's so good to see you again. So good
0: to see you. Okay, love you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Channy. We really appreciate you. Thank you for coming on Almost 30. Again, her book is You Were Born for This. It's the Channy app. You can find her on Instagram. And
1: she's an incredible astrologer. Thank you, Channy. We love you. If you want to learn more about Almost 30, go to almost30.com. We have our membership courses and programs, lots of fun stuff on there. We would love to go deeper with you. So we will see you on the next episode. We have episodes every single week. And I'm Krista Williams. This is Lindsay Simsic, And we are Almost 30. Bye-bye. Bye.